Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you today about freedom. Who likes experiencing freedom? (laughs) Who in here has been set free by Jesus in some way? You have been freed from the domain of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's beloved son, Jesus Christ. We have freedom in Jesus Christ. And see, the thing, the good news about the gospel is that when it first impacts our hearts, when the word of God, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus is penetrates our hearts in the deepest places, we get set free immediately. We transfer from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the beloved son of God. But the good news gets even better because there's more freedom. You know, there is, it's, it's all paid for at the cross. The blood of Jesus has paid for every ounce of freedom you'll ever experience in your life. If you're ever wondering, how do I experience freedom? You look back to the cross, Jesus Christ. Because when that man shed his blood and he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit you were freed on that day. When you get baptized, you get dunked in water. You, you are buried with Christ. You are crucified with Christ on that cross and you become dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news? Yes. Who wants to be free? <laughs> Who enjoys freedom? You know, the Lord brought me through a lot of freedom in my teens and 20s. I gave my life to the Lord, really surrendered my life to Jesus when I was 17. You know, you can go to church for a long time, but your life isn't actually surrendered to Jesus. There's a lot of people in the church where that's the case, unfortunately. But God's coming with the word of freedom today. When I surrendered my life, I experienced freedom in that moment. But then throughout my 20s, as I began to learn to yield more of my heart and my life to Jesus, that more freedom came. And that's what I want to talk to you about, the freedom of yielding, the freedom of surrender, you might say, the freedom of releasing control. The more you yield to Jesus, the more you surrender areas of your heart to Jesus, the more you release control (laughs) over yourself, over people, over life, the more freedom you'll experience. I love this quote here. You haven't come this far to come this far. This is Tracy Eckert quote. I love it because it's saying that Jesus is taking us on a journey. He has an end in mind. He wants to conform us into his own likeness. But it's going to take a yielding. It's going to take a surrender on our parts. And it's going to take a releasing of control. Are you ready to do that today? Say, Lord, I yield. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I release control. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're going to camp out in Ephesians chapter 4 today. So you can turn there. Ephesians chapter four, we're going to start out in verse 11. And just these first few moments, I just want to cast some vision for the dream 
and the purpose that God has for every single person in this room, every single one of you joining us online. Jesus has a dream in his heart for you. And we're gonna find it right here in Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. Ephesians four eleven says this. And he, that's Jesus, um, he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. So we've got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Those are not necessarily just people that stand up at the pulpit. That's all across the body. There's, there's giftings. You, you attach your name to one of those things. God, what have you gifted me in? Where have you put me in the body? And how am I going to be used by you to the building up of the entire body of Christ? That's what he's doing. Um, but he uses those different roles of ministry to equip all of the saints for the work of ministry. So I'm a pastor. You may not be a positional pastor, I and mean, that may not be your primary gifting, but I'm, my job is to equip you to do the works of ministry. You may be an evangelist. You're gonna, your job is to equip me to go out there and evangelize. Prophet, apostle, all of those things. He wants to build up the body of Christ. Verse 13. Until, say until. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, And of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. This is the dream of Jesus' heart for you. Unity of faith. Say unity of faith. Jesus' dream is that you come into the knowledge of the Son of God. Say knowledge of the Son of God. To a mature man. Say mature man. And women, it's mature person, you know, that includes all of us here. Um, To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Say fullness of Christ. This is the dream that Jesus had in his heart before he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a Virgin Mary. He's eternally with God. (laughs) He is the word who was in the beginning. He was with God and he is the word who was God. And before time was made, he had a dream in his heart for a bride that would be mature and unified and be filled with the fullness of Christ. This is your destiny. This is the hope of his calling for your life. Ephesians chapter one. And it takes a spirit of wisdom and revelation to really get this. That's why Paul says, I I pray to the father of glory that he would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And part of that is that you would know the hope of his calling and this is it. There are a couple of other passages that talk about this in other ways. Um, Romans 8, 29 says that we have been, uh, we don't have it up there, but you can just take note of this. Romans 8, 29, that he and Those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He wants you to look like Jesus. He wants you to think like Jesus. He wants you to act like Jesus. And he wants you to respond in love back to him as the father, like Jesus did when he laid down his life and said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. That's what he wants out of you. Jesus, in his own words, in John 17, 
26. Again, we don't have this, but take note of it. He says, Father, I've declared your name to them and I will continue to declare it that the love which you have for me may be in them and that I may be in them. That we would love God the Father in the same measure that God the Father loves the Son. The the love that the Father has for Jesus would be inside of us. You can't get much more love than that. This is a triune love we're talking about. This is God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this eternal bond of love that we've been invited into because of what Jesus did for us. He wants that on the inside of us and he wants himself in us. He wants this Matthew suit full of Christ. And he wants this storehouse suit and everyone joining us online that we're all members fitted into this body together, not just Matthew in a Matthew suit, but in all of us as the body of Christ built up together to a mature man in the unity of faith. Beloved, Jesus did not die for us to stay the same. Jesus did not die for us to just coast through life. Jesus shed his blood and put his spirit on the inside of us so that we would be conformed into his image and his likeness. Because that's where freedom is. You want to know the man that's the most alive and free? Look at Jesus. He said, Satan has nothing in me. Nothing. I don't look at the approval of people. I look at the approval of my father. And that's where there's joy and that's where there's freedom. And that's one of the things we're going to have to let go of. Approval of people. That's a hard one. Um, Here's what happens when we grow into that place of maturity. Verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children. What about, I am a child of God. You know, we just want to be children and free and dancing. And God wants that childlike heart and that childlike faith, but he doesn't want our maturity to be stunted like down here. Okay, you're like, I'm 35-year-old Christian, but I don't want to be like a four-year-old kid when it comes to my maturity in Christ. I want to come to him like a child in love, but in my thinking when I was a child, I thought like a child. Now I'm an adult. I think like an adult. Here's what happens if you're child, when when you're no longer children. Let's put it that way. When you're no longer children, you're no longer tossed here and there, back and forth by, every, by waves and carried around by every wind of doctrine. The waves of emotions. You know, some people's emotional life, I mean, it's just a constant hurricane. And they're tossed back and forth and they're not going anywhere forward in life, anywhere forward in God, because they're like children. And every... Wind of every wave of circumstance. Ah, shut down. Ah, this is happening in the world. Ah, this is happening in the world. And they fall apart. Beloved, that's not our inheritance. Our inheritance to be a mature man, a mature woman, a mature body of Christ that when the the winds and waves come crashing, that house still stands. We're not tossed around by every wind of doctrine. Well, I heard this teaching on YouTube. Doesn't mean it's from Jesus. <laughs> well, this guy has a big, he has, you know, 40,000, 500,000, a million followers. He said it. He's, you know, that doesn't mean it's from Jesus. We've got to get grounded in the word, people. 
And it's my job to equip you. And God give me the grace to do so. We're not tossed about by the trickery of men, by the craftiness of deceitful scheming. I don't like being tricked and deceived, do you? Okay. Um, you know, we say that and then, you know, sometimes we find out the truth. Like, oh man, this thing, it's, it, this ingredient is in this food. It's really bad for me. You know, I, I had this friend that she'd always tell me this horrible ingredient that was in something I really liked. And I was like, ah, I didn't want to know that, but... But I do. The truth has set me free, you know. Um, so anyway, don't ask me how they make artificial vanilla. Um, look it up. Google it. <laughs> the, the truth will set you free. <laughs> but verse 15, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up. Say grow up. You know, God wants you to grow up. God doesn't want you to be a little four-year-old Christian forever. I want you to grow up and be mature. Love him like a child. Come to him like a child. But think like an adult and respond to your emotional and circumstances in life like an adult. That's God's inheritance for you. Grow up. <laughs> I think that says it. Grow up. In all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Here's what this is saying. In other words, I need you to grow up so I can grow up. And I, you need me to grow up in Christ so that you can grow up in Christ. Because every part of the body needs to be functioning properly according to how God's designed it. This includes your gifts and callings that God's given you, but this also includes just your, your maturity in the knowledge of the Son of God, of walking and understanding this faith that the apostles have handed, handed down to us, of really going deep and saying, God, show me more of this, the glory of this good news of the gospel and how it transforms and changes my life. Show me more of your Son, Jesus, and conform me into his image. How do we get there? Matthew, you're telling me to grow up. You're telling me that God doesn't want me to just stay as a child. But how do I do that? What are some practical things? Um, I'm not going to read all of it, but the rest of this chapter really outlines a lot of that. It talks about, uh, we will read this in verse 22. It says that in reference to your former manner of life, that you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Got to renew this mind here. Got to get the mind out of the old self and into what? And put on the new self, which is created in the likeness, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. So we lay aside this old self. We renew our mind. We put on this new self. When Jesus Christ died for us and we said, yes, we yielded our lives to him, you became a new creation, a new self, a new Matthew, a new you is on there that's been created in righteousness and in truth. But what does this look like practically? You know, the rest of this, it, it talks about some of those things, what laying aside that old life looks like. You would, so we lay aside um, falsehood and lying. You know, some Christians, stop lying. Um, we lay aside anger. We do not sin in our anger. 
And I love that Pastor Tracy talked about uh, recently in, in a message, put any emotion there in your anxiety, in your fear. Don't sin in your fear. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Put a rein on this tongue. Okay, and that's, that, that, it doesn't just mean like, oh, I just, I stopped cussing or saying bad words. Yes, that too. Um, but that our words are aligning with God. You know, so many of us were cursing our lives and our future and things because of our words that we've agreed with the old self and the old way of thinking. But he says, you got to lay that aside and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You got to get God's word, God's ways and God's thoughts into you and put on this new self and say, I'm a new creation. That's not who I am. That doesn't define my future. We got to let all bitterness and wrath and anger and malice be set aside. It's, 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 there's this stuff with the emotional life. But here's another way. I, I want to summarize everything that it's just said right there. We've got to release control. Got to let go. Let go of that old self. Let go of that old way of thinking. You know, a lot of us, we like to control a number of things in our life. Because it makes us feel secure. We think we know better. Or it's just what we're used to, what we're programmed to. But I'm telling you, that's the old man, that's the old self that's got to die and be laid aside, be yielded and let go. We like to control our relationships. You know, some people, they try to control the actions of other people. They try to control their spouses. If my spouse would just be more spiritual and walk with me and do this thing. If my spouse would just align more in this or that, the way I think or the way I think we should be doing things. If my spouse would this, if my spouse would that. And then then when they don't measure up to that expectation that they don't even realize you've created in your mind, you get mad at them. And they're they're constantly trying to, they're just living their life and they're, they're constantly failing this expectation that you created. Because you think you know. You know, I used to try to, um, this is something I still get delivered of pretty regularly. Um, if you're married, that's something you die to daily, seriously. You're just like, you're like I, I thought we were married. I thought you would think and do everything that I did. And you just, you don't. You're, you become one because you're constantly dying to that old self. And you're just like, oh, yes, I'm united. We do this as a team. We're doing this together. And it's freeing. It's so freeing in your relationship. I, I used to really try to control people in their, in, in, in their level of maturity and in, in their walk with God. And I would just invest, invest all this emotional time and energy on someone's growth that they weren't really invested in. And it really, I was measuring my success as a Christian and as a leader in the body by how much they were growing and maturing. Um, when in reality, I was a lot more invested than they were. And I've had to realize over the years, and I, uh, uh, through a lot of tears and a lot of emotional heartache, I realized I cannot control this person. I can pray for them. I can influence them. I can speak the truth in love. But I cannot control them. I cannot control their decisions. Um, we try to control um, our, uh, our vocation, our destiny, <laughs> We, want, we, we put our dreams on the forefront and we start 
crafting how we're going to get there. And, and what, what, sometimes we do it in a, in a, in a, we try to spiritualize it. We say, God bless me in doing this, but, but, but we start doing things in our own strength. And it usually takes other people to point out to us. Um, but, but we get the fruit of knowing that we're doing it in our own strength is that that anger, that frustration, that anxiety, that fear is gripping us and is dominating our emotional life and our decisions. And that's where we got to step back and say, I, I, I can't control this situation. You know, we try, to, we try to control our own journey in God. We try to tell God how much time our, the healing of our heart should take. We try to tell God how much time or money we should be investing in this area or that area. We, we try to, when God comes in and he's doing some deep work in our heart, we're just like, this hurts too much, God. I just, I just need you to snap your finger and everything's okay. And we come out of that new self and that new life in God that we've been given freely in Jesus Christ and we go back and we've got it in our own hands. And we're like, God, we set, we put God on our terms. A practical example is graduated college, was going into full-time ministry, the campus ministry, and it was, um, I was going through a lot of freedom and deliverance. <laughs> um, I'd had about the uh, multiple demons cast out of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was tiring. I mean, it's freeing in that moment. Then it happens. And, and just, I wasn't grounded in my identity. I don't, I don't think it, it hear, my, hear what I'm not saying. I don't think everyone has to like, you know, get delivered hundred million times, just as many galaxies as there are in the world. Um, but, um, but, um, but I was in turmoil. I was in all this emotional, emotional turmoil. And I was like going into ministry. I was like, I just don't think I'm quite ready for this. I'm supposed to lead people and I'm just a wreck. Um, but, but I was, I was like, God, when's this going to end? I'm just, I want this to end. And what I didn't realize is that I wasn't submitted to God's process of healing and maturing me. I was taking control of the situation. And it wasn't until I was in my intern, summer internship for ministry school that some more freedom happened. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I just, I said to the Lord, Jesus, I'm going to let you do what you want to do, no matter how long it takes. These didn't come out of my mouth, but I, I can confidently say I meant this. And no matter how much it hurts, because I'm, I'm trusting a great physician. I'm trusting a leader that knows what he's doing. And trust me, you cry out for pain. God, this hurts. Help me. <laughs> you know, all that, those honest prayers come out. But at the end of the day, you land on, I yield. I yield to this process, Jesus. I yield to this. This, this maturity, this mature man, this unity of faith, it doesn't happen on our terms. It happens on God's terms. It happens by saying, God, how do I spend my time? 
How do I spend my money? How do I deal with that relationship? How do I deal with this conflict with my spouse? How do I deal with this conflict with someone in my family that's just out of control and I can't control them and it's making me mad that I can't control them? God, what do I do about this? And that, that's, what, that's a laying aside the old self. The old self said, I'm going to take control of these situations and I'm going to do it. But when you lay that aside, you renew your mind and say, God knows how to handle this. You put on that new self and you can actually start thinking and getting solutions. And there's freedom. Once I yielded to the Lord's healing process, it sped up dramatically. Within six months, the intensity of the pain had lifted. The intensity of the heartache had gone. Now, I'm not promising you a particular time frame, but I will tell you, you can slow down your maturity and your growth in God by taking control. On the other hand, you can speed it up by letting God be God and releasing control over these areas of your life. I want to have worship team come up. I could talk to you more, but I think, um, I think the Holy Spirit wants to talk to each one of you. Um, because he knows your heart. He knows those things in life that you've been really holding on to and trying to take control of. But I tell you today, he's coming with an invitation to freedom. He's coming with an invitation to say, I died so that you can look like me. And that you can mature and not be ruled by those emotions and those circumstances and these things in life that you cannot control. So whether you're here in person, you're joining us online, I just want to invite you to to stand with me right now. I'm going to lead us through some prayers, but I'm also just going to give some space for the Holy Spirit to talk to us. Just going to come up here so my folks online can, can see me as I lead them in prayer as well. Beloved, I want to tell you, it really is a lot more freeing to release this control. Some areas may have come up in your life if I was talking. Maybe you've been trying to control some relationships. You've been trying to control your spouse. You've been trying to control your children or your parents. You've been trying to control a friend or someone you're leading into maturity in Christ and you're realizing it's frustrating you. I want to tell you today, let go. Release that control to Jesus. Some of you have been trying to control your own destiny and your, your, your life in God, your calling in God. These desires of your heart. And you, you've, you've, it's, it's not bad to have dreams. It's not bad to have forward motion in your life. But I just want to invite you to pause today. If, if the fruit of that pursuit has been anxiety and frustration and anger, I want to invite you today to just step back and say, Holy Spirit, where can I let go of control in this area? Some of you have been trying to control your growth and maturity in Christ. 
There's a healing process going on in your heart and it's, 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 been, it's hurting. There's heartache. And you're like, God, I'm just, I'm just ready for this pain to be done. I'm telling you today, if you will yield that to the Lord, if you will let go of control and say, Jesus, whatever it takes for me to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, whatever it takes for me to grow into this unity of faith, into this mature man, into this fullness of Christ, into this knowledge of the Son of God. I want to let you be God today. So let's open our hands and surrender. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to show us those areas and to give us grace to yield. So if you'll just pray this after me and then we're going to wait on the Holy Spirit. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm ready to yield today. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to release control. Send your Holy Spirit right now. Shine light in my heart. And show me areas where I have been taking control. And help me yield these to you. Now let's wait. Just leave your hands open. Just let him talk to you. If you're online joining, keep your, keep your hands open, your heart open to God. And let the Spirit of God speak to you about these things.